Hey guys, it's Emmett. Um, so I wanted to do today's podcast as a follow-up to yesterday's, which was about uh, selling on a website versus on your social media account. Because um, I had a, a brief conversation yesterday with another fellow spoon carver and friend, John Sussman, um, who was talking about the the, the shift in mentality that's, that he's going through uh, as he is starting to take more commissions for, he called them stock spoons, but I just assume that he means like spoons that he's already carved before, as opposed to carving things on spec and then selling them, which very much allows you to explore um, whatever you want to explore in the moment. Um, And there's a whole conversation to be had there about just the difference in mentality and how, you know, carving on commission still allows you to explore and how much do you feel required to carve exactly what the picture is that somebody ordered and how you get more relaxed about that over time. But that's not the conversation I want to have today. Instead, I want to talk about... um, this, uh, not a paradox, some people would see it as a paradox, this thing that I've begun to notice in myself, which is that the more stability I have in my schedule, um, meaning sort of the longer lead time, the more sort of things are locked in, uh, the more freedom I feel to explore and try new things. Which seems like a paradox because you would think, and I think a lot of people do think, that having a long wait list is stifling to creativity. That you feel like you're locked into doing this thing and that you can't explore anymore. And I think that's why a lot of uh, craftspeople prefer to make what they want to make and put it up for sale rather than take orders for stuff, and certainly rather than have a long wait list. Um, I began to realize this, though. Uh, over the course of this year, I've, I've had this Spoon of the Month Club, which was suggested to me um, by my friend Soiree around sometime in November, December, and it started in January. And as it's grown... I think it started out with a dozen people. Right now it's at 44. Um, As it's grown, the sense of ballast that it adds to my month has grown as well. In that I just know that there is a recurring amount of work that is built into each month, which means that the amount of work that I need to have come in each month is reduced. And it also means that um, it also means that uh, going forward that I just know that there's a certain amount of work that that is there. So this year, even though last year I had a two to three month wait list the whole year, this year it was more like three to four and and there was just sort of a lot more that was built into each month as well. And what I've found is that the stability that that has provided to my schedule 
makes me feel more interested in pushing into doing more creative things because I know the work is there. And I think the key is having a schedule that is flexible enough so that I feel like I can take on something and don't feel like, um, don't feel like I'm being hounded by my list of commitments. Right. And that's, uh, that's a process of that evolves over time. I, I remember when I first started having a wait list, even, even having a couple orders stacked on top of each other would make me feel a little panicky. Like I, like I didn't, um, like I needed to clean, clean, clean the slate, right? So that I was ready when the next thing came along. And I've spoken before about how I then came to realize that having a wait list was actually really helpful uh, in the psychology of people choosing to buy something from me. And while I always worry that I'll have a wait list that's too long for people to want to buy from me and that who knows maybe I'll bump up against that what I have found is that having a long wait list is actually really helpful and it's especially helpful when it comes time to change uh, prices on things I'm now booking January and I probably have half of January booked and and I thought that I was going to see some hesitancy on the part of people at the the new spoon prices, which have gone up a couple dollars. But I haven't. And I think, well, or if it exists, I haven't seen it, which is part of the the beauty of social media, that you only see the people who are approaching you who, who decided that they wanted to buy anyways, despite your price, right? Whereas... When you sell in person, you see all the people who are interested and then shy away after they don't want your price. But I've had a whole string of orders come in in the last couple days since I announced it. And part of what I suspect is going on is that the distance from now to January makes the price seem less, less of a thing to people. And this is something I actually hadn't really thought about before which is that when you are telling people that they're just they're putting their name on a list, there's a long wait list that you'll settle up later, then as long as the price is within the ballpark of what they're okay with, they're going to do it because the, the pain of paying that price is not accrued right now at the, in the moment. And even if in the moment they're thinking, well, I'm really, uh, you know, in tight straits right now. Like I've had a string of people who say, you know, I just got laid off. I have to cancel my subscription to the magazine. Although there've been plenty of other people who have subscribed to the magazine. Uh, what, uh, what I think is happening with January is that it's, it's so far in the future that I think people are seeing, uh, seeing it as not really applicable to whatever their financial situation is right now, which is true, right? Which is kind of what's nice about booking that far in advance is that people's thinking about their money is separated from whatever's happening on the day-to-day right now. And it also means that I have that runway 
that glide path to get me past whatever's happening on the day-to-day at all times. I have that glide path that gets me to six months from now. Um, so, um, this is actually a, a whole side thing, but it's just occurring to me that having a long wait list is not as good as having six months of cash in the bank, which is the recommended amount. And we, I don't think we have that. We might have two or three months of cash in the bank, but I definitely have uh, six months of work lined up. And so that feels like even if half of that evaporated, I would have another three months of work um, available. And so I think having a long wait list is another way to add resiliency to your financial situation so that if things change, you have lots of time to react. I want to get back to my main point, though, which is that with the stability that that long wait list has provided to my work, you would think that that would make me feel like I had less and less time to do creative things. But really, it makes me feel more and more like doing creative things, and I think it's because there is so much stability. When, I, when you don't have stability, particularly if, like me, you're supporting a family and a mortgage and... My wife is working now, but for the last five years, I've been the sole breadwinner as she's been back in school. So when you don't have the stability, you are searching for that stability. And it makes it harder to feel like doing creative things because you you just feel the pressure to earn the money. And when you have the money lined up, Sure, you feel, you know, the responsibility to, to then earn it by doing the work. But my creative juices are flowing like never before because I, because this other part of the puzzle is taken care of, because the the money is there, the work is there. I then can ask myself instead of asking myself, well, how do I get the work to be there? I can then be asking myself, well, what do I want to be doing on top of this? And I think a lot of times people get it the other way around, where they say, you know, okay, I want to be doing the creative thing, and, oh, look, the money isn't really working out. And I do think you can do the practical money thing to the detriment of the creative, right? You can take your craft and do it in a way that practically works and makes you money and but that leaves you feeling like all the creativity and all the parts that you loved of it have been sucked away and so I think you need to be really thoughtful about sticking to your guns and saying no this is how I want to do my craft I don't want to use power tools if that's not your thing or I do want to use power tools if that's your thing and I want to do it this way because this is what I love But, I think there is a balance in there where if you can figure out 
how to have stability, long-term stability, whether that's through a long waiting list, whether that's through some recurring thing. Like for me, it's been this Spoon of the Month Club, but also honestly, it's been uh, setting up subscriptions for spoon blanks with people so that I have people who say, you know, every month or every two or three months, I want a box of spoon blanks from you. That's added a bunch of stability to my workload as well and deepened my relationship with those people. If you can do that in any number of ways, you can then free yourself up mentally and emotionally to feel like you're ready to take some creative risks. And I think people see it the other way around, but this is how it has worked for me. Having a long wait list has made me more creative. As always, I look forward to hearing what you think. Thanks for listening, guys. I really appreciate your time and attention. And it's been great getting the feedback from you, whether it's been on the post on Instagram or so many of you have reached out privately to say, this has been my experience. Um, And I appreciate each and every one of you taking the time to listen and beyond that, taking the time to let me know. So thank you.